0: To another LD podcast hosted by myself, Orash Maznane, and my good friend Paul Richardson. Um so we said that we would start off talking about learning technology, didn't we? Mm. Yeah, so um so I guess the reason that I I think this is it's something that I've seen a lot. Well, it's, something, it's a topic that you can't really escape when you're in learning development because it's always, as technology in general is, it's always developing. New things are coming out um, and the industry as a whole, people are exploring things and trying to adopt uh, technology and I think there's a real drive, at least... From my experiences uh, working at organizations and seeing other people talking about technology is a real drive to adopt it. Um, I think one of, the, one of the things that I kind of feel is that sometimes there's almost a, a race to adopt certain technologies for the sake of adopting certain technologies and i think that sometimes it feels as though people haven't really stopped and and really kind of thought about well actually what is the problem that we're trying to solve with this technology um as opposed to okay let's just everybody's doing i don't know vr so let's let's jump on that that um that bandwagon so we can say we've done VR, as opposed to, to, to really stopping and thinking, hang on a minute, what is what is VR really good for, and is it applicable to our organization? Um, so yeah, I think that's where that, that, that kind of topic was really sort of sprung from. I mean, I'm with you.
1: Um, I suppose it'd be easier if I, in terms of a, of a conversation if I disagreed with you, but I, yeah, <laughs> I sort of strongly, I strongly agree with you. I, I, I think, and um, VR yeah. is the perfect um, example of that because it, you're right. If you, if you read um, or anything around L and D um, at the moment in the in the whole world of learning, it, it seems to be that organisations. Have, it may be coming to an end, actually. We, mm-hmm. we, we may be on the, the back end of this, and probably the next thing's already coming, but it was that everybody needed to be able to demonstrate their credentials in an understanding of how they were going to incorporate virtual reality into their learning offer. And I think you, you, we've, we, we know do it with that. To some extent, <clears throat> it's soulless. So it's only it's only really going to be as good as... Uh, the experience that you can that you can develop on the back of it, and the relevance of that to to the to the learning, and I think people get caught up in the minutiae of the actual technology itself and the amazing things that it can it can produce. Without it's probably really really simple the things that you could potentially do with it, and there are probably I would I would go on and argue that there are probably lower cost solutions to those uh, to those requirements than developing a whole virtual world uh, around a piece of learning. For me, in terms of learning technology, that's sort of the, 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 the coalface of the of what people are looking at for the future. I think an interesting area is things that we've not used that are really openly and easily available. From, from, from my perspective, I think we still haven't mastered how to use the conversation properly in learning. I think it's fundamental and central um, to, to, to how learning works and I include in that whether it be uh, e-learning, virtual classroom or face-to-face. I still think the conversation of some kind is the bit which really gets people drawn into their learning I and mean, the devices and, and technology available for making that, for leveraging that is probably the key issue for me.
0: Okay. So when you talk about conversation um, in relation to, to technology, so how, how that, how technology can enable people to have better conversations, practice having better conversations and develop those conversational skills, no matter what
1: and, and and the role And the actual learning that takes place okay. when you're having a conversation. Mm-hmm with another person. Yeah. So I think the lack of conversation in learning, it's one of the, for me, obviously, I guess you would say that e-learning is, by its nature, uh, reliant on technology. So that you, there's a technology uh, behind that. Um, and again, we can end up throwing the baby out with the bathwater in as much as you become, become tied up with what you can do, all the fantastic things you can do by bringing in a, a computer screen or, or whatever it may be and lose a little bit of what we've talked about many times before what our people are actually going to learn from that mm. and whether or not they do or whether or not it, it becomes some a barrier rather than a an enabler so again I, I i think we 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 we've got to be so careful on on not letting the technology become the thing and concentrating on on the learning itself yeah evidence for me would be I, I, from a personal point of view I like to discuss with people like myself, whatever the subject might be, and I'll give you my view, you give me your view. I'm challenged a little bit by that, and I'll think about it, and you know the process. And yeah. that's integ- integral for me in learning. Now, does it have to be a voice? Does it have to be a person which I'm conversing with? I don't know. Maybe that's something, That maybe that's part of it. Yeah. Maybe that's that's what we need to look at. I don't know if it does, but that conversation bit, that back and forth of ideas, is the is for me, is the, is the bottom line.
0: So do you think the, that the reason that's the case is because when you're having a conversation with somebody, it forces you to stop and reflect on, first of all, what that other person said, and also reflect on your own position in terms of I suppose your own position in terms of the topic and, and ideas and what you've just said. So that, that reflection is really the almost the one of the key things that you get from having a conversation um, which enables you to then I suppose learn from it and, and and really kind of get a lot of value from 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 it
1: absolutely and i i, I think in, in the world that, that i'm from um it, it's your customer service world in particular you know that that reflects something that you're going to be doing through some medium or another immediate or another with with your customers as well as your colleagues and your peers and your managers and everybody else it, it, it's based on conversations and it's based on receiving information processing it making a decision about what you're going to do next it's, it's it's the same process, and it's it's something that that you, I fear sometimes with the move, especially it's virtual reality that's put me in this place. Uh, it, it 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 removes it can end up if you're not careful removing that and replacing it with something else which doesn't have I call it so That's probably overstating the case, but it doesn't have that that piece of the you know the, the wide range of reactions, emotions, um, and opinions that people. Can
0: yeah, I think specifically, I know we've sort of pinpointed VR as, as soon as we, we started talking about um, technology um, but I think, yeah, uh, we were having a really good conversation actually before, uh, before we actually hit the card and, and we started talking about um, virtual reality in particular, one specific experience that, that I was involved in at my last organization. Um, and I think one of the things that I've seen, so obviously VR, I think has its place. It obviously has has massive benefits. It's also massively expensive and I imagine time consuming to, to produce and um, very inaccessible from a, an in-house, if you're working for an organization and they have their own sort of L&D function that includes a design team, then it is quite difficult to do that generally you're going to have to outsource it and 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 go to some specialist um agency or company who who can create something that um is i suppose feels authentic and Mm -hmm. and real and obviously virtual reality excels in i personally think those experiences or uh, situations where there's just no other way you could you could put somebody in that situation without it just being ridiculously dangerous or just ridiculous in general. So obviously firefighters um, or practicing um, you know, on uh, practicing, for example, um, flying a helicopter, landing on an oil rig or things like that. I think where virtual reality is, is really great, but I've also seen it being used. To come back to your top your your point about conversation is i've seen it being used to have a conversation, and what we were talking about particularly was an occasion where it was used to allow somebody to practice um, presenting to an audience and, and in this instance this particular um scenario allowed you to present to it was like a theater hall full of, full of people and it was okay obviously I'd, I'd, I tried it it was okay but part of me came away feeling as though I didn't necessarily get any benefit from being in a virtual world I could have just been practicing to an empty room and I think what it really missed was that feeling of dread and anxiety and panic that you get knowing you are going to have to stand up in front of an audience and present something and we were having that conversation where actually a lot of presentation skills isn't necessarily okay there is an element of of being able to um, being able to sort of have the right body language and talk at a certain pace. So there are those skills which you can practice, but you could practice that, as I said, in an empty room or in your bedroom or wherever you wanted. Um, But I think one of the key things in terms of presentation skills is just being able to manage that feeling. And in that particular example, I don't think it really did anything to to help you manage that experience because I didn't feel I didn't feel any of those fa- feelings when I put those that headset on. So what what's
1: what's interesting, you're absolutely right. And what what I wonder is, you know, I've seen thinking about something where virtual I'm just thinking of something where virtual reality has has become the norm. And the best example I can think of, there's probably loads of others that can't. The best example I think of is aircraft and yeah. flight simulators mm-hmm. which in the set although you're not strapping a set of goggles on to your face because the, the controls are actual controls aren't they but the, yeah. the environment is a virtual mm-hmm. environment You the, the thing moves you've got you see out of the windows what you would actually see out of the windows yeah. um, and what it's designed to do because they're not interested are they in it seems to me the, the key thing about flight simulators isn't that they put them in there and say, fly from here to New York yeah. safely. What they do is they say, fly from here to New York as you would, and then they start throwing in things which will cause buzzers to go off and alarms to go off and anomalies to appear in the information. And put those people in precisely that situation that, that you're talking about, successfully putting people into a situation where they have to solve uh, the problem with all of the... And, and there is there is a real jeopardy in, in, in flight simulation in that we know that the pilots have to pass. So it might not be that the plane's actually going to crash and the passengers are going to die, but it has a real... It's got a real meaning to them mm-hmm. because if they don't successfully navigate their way through the problems that are thrown at them in the simulator and they have to go into this throughout their careers, then they won't be able to fly the plane. Yeah. So there's a real, uh, a real jeopardy involved. So I think that's an example of how... Uh, a virtual reality a kind of virtual reality uh situation has become the norm in terms of learning for for uh really sort of technically uh high level people and it's a guess for me it's how so that's fits in exactly what you're saying what it successfully does is put them in that a similar situation to what it would be like in the air with, with real jeopardy, and uh, they need to solve that problem. And they're gonna have, they won't be the, exactly the same feelings. I guess losing your job is not quite as bad as losing your life, but it's, uh, it'll be as they'll knots in the chest, and they'll mm-hmm. worry, like, what do we do? Blah blah blah. And I guess that's been tested as well. Their reaction, how they react, it been tested as well as what they actually do and how they react with each other. And it's how it's taken, it's, it's quite an extreme mm. sort of situation that it's useful. So I'm not throwing virtual reality out and saying it has no place, I guess what I'm saying is, you know, thinking about standing up in front of a, 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 an audience, to what extent it can ever give you that mm. genuine feeling of um, a, a, a nervousness and, and worry that you get when you first, because it's said, in it, that something after, you know, dealing with divorce and a couple of other things, Public speaking is probably yeah. one of the most uh, stressful things that a human can do. Yeah, I just wondered to what extent virtual reality is, is 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 useful in that. In that yeah,
0: setting. I think it's, it's it definitely feels at least that it is a quite a niche so. product uh, that really excels for certain situations and for other situations doesn't really seem to add any benefit um I mean going back to to that 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 example or examples that I have seen um out there where it allows you to have a conversation and one of the things that so you' ha essentially you're in a virtual environment in an office and you're having a conversation with somebody and part of me seeing that example felt as a well that could just be some sort of digital digital experience on a screen because there's no benefit to me being able to see in my periphery or what's behind me, in fact my focus is on the individual in front of me because I'm having a conversation with them so actually I never need to look over my shoulder to see if something's about to fall or something's coming at me, so in that Specific example, what what benefit does being in a in a three six day environment really really add as opposed to it being on a flat screen in front of you? Um, and again, that is a very specific example, but I suppose those are examples that w- at least I can draw upon because that I've, that I've, I've seen out in the uh, in the wild. Okay, so.
1: Just changing tack very very slightly. That's that's an example of something that's current, new, mm. and well, newish. And we can we can look we can see to limitations. I still think I would still argue that we haven't even started to properly tap the potential of something that virtually everybody who goes to work mm. in this country has on them, which is a a, a smartphone. Mm-hmm. And we spend a lot of time for all sorts of valid security reasons, trying to make sure that people don't use their phones as part yeah. of their work. I wonder if that's not wrong. I wonder if, if in terms of technology and learning, the, the thing that everybody has is the least exploited, useful thing for learning. And I go, I, I, something that you pointed me in the direction of, I'm, I'm thinking about uh, the whole Vodafone piece yeah. and their use of uh, mobile phone technology, which obviously would do me in a mobile phone company for learning the learning mm-hmm. platform that they have, uh, they encourage people to use. But further than that, um, it, it struck me while you were talking about the virtual reality, that all, the whole thing about um, um, the uh trying to think of, a, of what it's called. I've forgotten the word for it now. Enhanced reality piece, where you can uh, get your phone out wherever you are. And I, I mean, I did this in London. There's a there's a piece on uh, a really useful piece. That's just go to Google Maps, mm. which allows you to lift your phone up as you're walking, and it, it brings tells you it knows where you are. First of all, it works out exactly where you are, and it shows you where to walk on the street. A little bit like with your sat nav on your uh, in your car, but with the actual picture in front of you. But then also what's in the shops and what, what, what you can go into that information. Mm-hmm. I was thinking to myself, well, why not, when you're onboarding people, for instance, at work, you know, you sat people, you get them in, you get them in, in and you stick them on a tour and you say, here's the toilets, here's so, those, so, so. well, you know, why not make the workplace enhance the reality of the mm-hmm. workplace? Here's the place where photocopiers are, yeah. this is the gaffer's office. This is the way to the toilets, canteens are down here, lifts are here, yeah. stairs are there. Just that's a fairly simple idea to, to begin with, but then you can extend that into you know, we've talked about experiential learning, you know, what setting up rooms and things like that with different scenarios. Is there is there something there, you know, on top of just having it as a platform for For resources, learning
0: resources, and knowledge. Yeah, I think the mobile phone is definitely um, an interesting one because I think, um, I mean, again, I've not. I think the organisation, the previous organisation, obviously that that worked in call centre environment, heavily regulated, (coughs) and for more like people who just weren't allowed their phones. So, so mobiles using mobiles as a as a. as a platform for learning was something that was often talked about and never, but never really, um, materialized. And I think the other thing is that, that I don't know necessarily what it's like across the board as an industry as a whole, but I know that initially there was a real appetite to, um, use mobiles to just regurgitate, um, current forms of learning so what i might mean by that was that um your bog standard e-learning was then just um delivered to uh, mobile phones or accessible on a mobile which meant that you were then doing your e-learning on a phone Mm -hmm. but to me that doesn't really feel as though it's it's actually a best use of the okay. technology. It's it's kind of just saying, well, okay, let's just regurgitate and reshape this, something that initially was designed for a computer screen and just let people do it on their mobile. And I know you can get responsive where it changes based on the screen and what have you, but mm. it still feels like it's it's taking something... It's It's not designing for the actual technology in the first place. But having said that... I know you mentioned Vodafone. I know John Lewis, I think last year, mm. won an award for um, their, I think they had an app um, which the um, customer service advisors or John Lewis partners, as, as they call them, have access to on their phone. So um, if, they, if a customer approached them and wanted information about a product, then that app, would allow them to, um, straight in the moment, get information and and, and be able to sort of um, answer that customer's queries and help them, um, amongst other things, and that's just scratching the surface of what I know about that. But I know that they they have leveraged um, sort of mobile platforms, developed something that was specifically for a mobile, which ultimately has been really successful and led to them winning um, a learning um a, a, a learning award for that so i think it's it is is definitely something that um is is probably underused and i think maybe it's something that is often maybe misused as well so mm. misused as i said by just regurgitating things wow. that weren't specifically designed for it but i think the example that you gave which is almost like uh, the Google example is a really good one. I know exactly what you mean. And it's almost like um, in the moment guidance, isn't it? For for um, you've got a problem I need to get from my current location to that specific tube station, for mm. example, or that specific cafe where I'm going to meet my friend in 15 minutes. Mm. And yeah, a map's okay. But when you're in a place that you don't know, having that, being able to see right—it's that specific street that I need to turn left on. That that um, guidance is 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 gold. Um, so yeah, I think I think mobiles are definitely uh, something that could be leveraged more.
1: I think you you you, 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 you sort of um, made the point about in the call center environment and in that situation where customer information is um, is, is is available. That you need to be really careful with that sort of uh, technology, but just think, I was just think, well, as you were saying it, I was thinking about you know, if you go into uh, uh, most restaurants now, yeah, especially the chain ones, you're always being taken on. I'm assuming it's a work, um, yeah, either a mobile phone or a, 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 some sort of a pad. And um you know, I was in Wacker uh, in London and. The whole thing was I I paid the bill yeah on, on my phone and re- rated the service yeah. and did all of that stuff the order was taken on a uh, on, on some sort of uh, um, palm top device and it 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 worked it felt it felt really it felt really good mm. and I I, I think you, like you're saying about being able to get information that customers require contacting people quickly you know. The cost there in 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 comparison to bringing in and and what you would spend on bringing about a virtual reality environment for learning the cost on on, on even scientifically' you you're not using your 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 own mobile but you could here's a um i don't know the up to the equivalent of the old um um ipad or whatever it might be is. It's doable mm. for, for people, especially when they're in the other part of their career, maybe, and they record the re, need more uh, access to resources uh, in terms of being able to answer queries and, and knowing what to do. Then, okay, they may be um, sat in front of a, a of a of a computer screen doing something with a, a customer, but I it's I've seen people people. People want they want to go to the phone. I mean, yeah. we we know that people are still operating the phones when they should be. Yeah, yeah, be working. So people are quite adept at using a, a variety of, uh, of devices at the same time. Um, yeah. So I, 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 yeah, I think it's underused. I think it's in terms of uh, even even in a sense in terms of the virtual stuff we've talked about. You know, it's still part of that, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not it's almost like it's got left behind and we've, we've moved on to bigger yeah. um, bigger and, and more in-depth things without properly exploiting everything that can be taken from it. And to your point on, you made the point about how we, uh, people that, when it has been used, it's tended to move to regurgitate the way that things are already already being designed, that learning mm-hmm. already being designed or, 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 or put out there. Um, yeah, but I think sometimes my... my my instinct is that we, you know, we, we do need to go through a stage in terms of how any uh, approach to learning evolves, there's always that stage where you, you move into a, a, a sort of a grey world. It's not black and white. Yeah. That was the way we did it. This is the way we do it. Now, is it? What happens is you get that, you get that grey area and you have to go through that process where it's just been able to, now I can see this at home or now I can see this on the bus and I yeah. complete what I completed before but once you get because we've talked about it on other podcasts in, in the past about the cultural piece I think you know if people make that their culture yeah which they have then you know you you you, you bring learning into it and that develops your your, your learning <coughs> culture and you can try other things out in that area
0: so here's an interesting fact so apparently um so McDonald's, you go into a McDonald's now, and they have obviously a choice of the speaking to the person on the till yeah. to, to to place your order, or they have those self-serve touch screens where you you place your order. Yeah. So from McDonald's perspective, um, the what they found is that the av- the price of the average order that was taken on a touch screen is much higher than the average order taken face to face with uh one of their advisors or, 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 really or people. And obviously there's lots of things that may be the, the the reason behind that. But one of the things that um I suppose it begs the question of the question that kind of comes into my mind is that uh if you put or put a genuinely um if if you create something which is specifically uh centered and specifically created for mobiles, would are you more likely to get people interacting with that learning, um, because they're not, as opposed to maybe because they're not told to. to so, do, so it does. It would be an interesting experiment if you could 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 hand, could sort of run it.
1: Vodafone's and, and I. I mean, you can only. We, we both know that and especially in the world of learning you can make you can sometimes decide what your outcome you want yeah. it to be and make the yeah. make the, uh, the, the the figures fit it so to what extent this is true I, I, I don't know but it would according to to Vodafone they've they've found massive increase in engagement in terms of people even engaging with it outside work time mm. what sort of the holy grail of learning would be to have people who, who so want to to develop themselves and take ownership of the development that they're prepared, that they're, they're doing it on the bus or they're they doing it in uh, in their own time. Yeah. Um, if that's if that's the case, then clearly there's there's something going on there, which might be well been linked as you as you suggest into the whole McDonald's piece
0: You can find me at Orash Mazanane on Twitter and Orash Razay Mazanane on LinkedIn and you can find Paul at Richardson P2 on Twitter and Paul Richardson on LinkedIn. Thanks for listening.